This is a show about individual experience and personal identity. There may be times when folks use identifying words or phrases that don't feel right to you. That's part of what we're exploring here. Please listen with an open heart, and as always, I welcome your polite, engaged feedback, and I encourage you to continue the conversation in your own life and with your own community. Welcome to Query. Hey, Queeros, Cami here. This week's episode is a chat with shoe designer Nick Casey. I really love this conversation. I'm so glad to expand beyond. I know I have so many folks in the entertainment industry. That is the easiest person to get in touch with and book because a lot of times um, those folks are used to being on podcasts. Um, they're reachable through uh, like social media or they're reachable through um, agents and managers. And so one thing that I, I'm, I'm always endeavoring to do is to have the widest uh, range of different kinds of careers. I know that I need to work a little bit harder on age. That's another thing that's hard. It's, um, you know, I'm just limited by the scope of the folks that I have heard of. So it's always nice to get suggestions from y'all. Thank you so much for that. I always, you know, read them and sometimes they're possible and sometimes they're not, but it does mean um, something to me that you're engaged and that you that you know who you want on the podcast, please keep suggesting Haley Kiyoko. I promise I've never thought of it, and she's very easy to get. <laughs> okay, anyway, if you are, um, I swear, I'm working on it. I swear I'm working on it. Anyway, if you're going to be in D.C. on the 27th of October, guess what? So am I. Uh, or if you live in Denver, I'll be there from the 1st to the 3rd. Or if you live in St. Louis, I'll be there on the 9th of November. I will be in New York on the 10th. I'm telling you about those are my updated tour dates. And then I'm done for 2018. So those are your options. D.C., Denver, St. Louis, New York. Fly to or move to one of those places. Rent an apartment and come to a show. Please enjoy this episode with Nick Casey. I've been feeling wrong, but I'm still I always have folks introduce themselves. Would you introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, I'm Nick Casey, and uh, I live here in L.A., and I'm the founder of Nick Casey Footwear and also recently Equality Fashion Week. Which just happened. Yes. Uh, I was out of town. Yes, bummer. Um, But I saw some photos, and it looked like it was a big success. How do you feel about it? I think I'm still processing. Uh, It was really overwhelming because I only had four weeks to put it together, and... um, it was just kind of a whirlwind. How did it end up happening that you had only four weeks to put it together? Basically, I think in June or July, uh, the Montrose had reached out to me because they just finished rebranding. They spent like $15 million renovating, and they really wanted That's a, to— Is that a hotel? Yes, it's Got in it. West Hollywood. Uh, it's actually an amazing hotel. It's always been kind of like a hidden secret in L.A., but like, I never even heard of them before. And they wanted to really like celebrate their rebranding and change kind of the way they've— been known, which was, you know, the hidden secret. They're like, we we don't want to be a secret anymore. We want to... Less hidden secret. Yeah, exactly. A, a fully visible secret. <laughs> exactly. And like, you know, they also wanted to kind of give back to the West Hollywood community, which is mostly LGBTQ people. And they wanted to kind of celebrate that and reach out. And so they somehow found me, heard that I was a designer and asked if I wanted to participate in their event. They were thinking about doing a fashion show. And then I asked them a lot of questions and was kind of like, you know, who, are any other designers, who's producing it? And it turns out they really didn't have anything. They just had an idea. 
And so I was like, well, I come from a producing background. I can help you. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, you know, this is a really great opportunity to do something really much more impactful than just like a night of celebrating just the hotel. But really, if you want to give back to the community, let's give back in a big way. Um, and so I told him about this idea I've had for a long time, but just never had the resources. Pitched them the idea, you know, for Quality Fashion Week and giving our community an opportunity to not only just show their stuff, but really focus on reaching the mainstream versus always preaching to the choir. Yeah, you know? sure. And then also doing a series of pop-ups so that they have an opportunity to like actually make an income and sell their stuff. So how did that end up? How many How many different designers were involved? We were supposed to have more, but one of them had a family emergency, so couldn't make it and had to back out. But so we ended up with only six, which actually six ended is up, still yeah. That's being good. for yeah five four weeks or whatever. Yeah. That's, I think you're doing just fine. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and then what what areas of fashion did those folks work in? Like you work in shoes, right. Footwear, so yeah. um, that covered check right. box. <laughs> right. Uh, what else? I really wanted to keep it really diverse, you know. So I didn't want like a bunch of designers that were all like feminine wear or evening gowns or anything like that, which is kind of, I think, a lot of the cases sometimes where there's a lot of, like, formal wear or, like, there's categories, right? For me, I really wanted to, like, show the diversity and uniqueness of our community and how, like, across the spectrum, like, all of us have so much talent um, in so many different ways. So I was very selective about who I picked and had, like, Stuzo Clothing, who I love and adore, Sharp Suiting, Femme House, who was, this was their first show. Uh, Lior uh, Barada, who is a Middle Eastern designer, which we also don't get to see very often. Um, everybody was super queer and a lot of priority given to people of color and trans and non-binary folks. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. This sounds good. It was really amazing. I mean, every day as I'm, I didn't even get to watch the show because I was in the background, you know, and um, seeing everybody post all the stuff as I'm seeing it, I think it's starting to hit, like it's starting to set in like, wow, like this number one actually happened. And like number two, like it was actually so much more amazing than I could have ever imagined. Do you already have plans to do it again? Yes. Everyone's like asking me to do another one. I was like, yeah, let's make this an annual thing. Great. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) will you tell me about it and invite me? Of course. Absolutely. Yeah. You can get involved. I'm like really encouraging, like this is about community. So I want everyone to be involved. Good. Yeah. I want to be involved. Yeah. I like this idea. Yeah. Are you wearing your... I am. I'm wearing... The, Those are your the shoes? New, yeah, the Can new I one. see? Yeah, it's a little dirty because I haven't had time to clean it, but... I love those. Thank they're you. like almost... Um, they're like a Chelsea boot with like a sort of like a Western... Yeah, it was actually... My inspiration was... Uh, well, George Michael, who I'm a huge fan of. Um, you don't have to sell me on George Michael. <laughs> yeah. Yes, keep going. So um, you have taste. Okay, yeah, yes. Um, when I think about like the faith video, music video. Ah, I remember that scene uh-huh. with his boot, the cowboy boots. Um, so this was really about defining like, or redefining like what gender free means. And to me, like he's always been super, like even though he conveyed this very masculine side of him, he's also so sensitive with his music and his lyrics uh, and his sexuality. Um, so I kind of combined like what inspired me as the cowboy boot and the flamenco boot. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so it's something that's I can super see that. strong yeah. and super feminine at the same time. Yes. So, yeah. So the idea is when you look at them, there's no gender assigned. Like, you look at them, you cannot define them as male or, you know, masculine or feminine. I want to put a pair of those on my feet. Yeah, what size are you? I'm probably I'm probably an eight and a half sometimes. Eight and a half. Okay. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. We yeah. can make that happen. Yes, <laughs> yeah. let's do it. Yeah. I want to. I want to make yeah. this happen. Yeah. I'm really excited about. Um, yeah, because you reached out. Or did we? I, I saw you on Instagram. You posted yeah. an awesome photo. I think you were shoe shopping or something. Yes. Yeah. Ah, yes. Yeah. I was shoe shopping. Mm-hmm. I um, right. I got some. I got some new boots, which I immediately lost, like oh. an idiot. I left them on the subway. Oh no! Um, but don't worry, everything's <laughs> fine. But um, yeah. I mean, I was very. So those were, you know, they were like men's. Mm-hmm. Um, like at a, they. I, it was at a store where, um, there was a men's wear section and a women's wear section, and they were like. Actually, no, they weren't. I'm, I'm going to rethink this. Those were actually women's. Those were actually in the okay. women's section. But, you know, I mean, I don't have to tell you, based on what you're saying, that, like, there's this moment you walk in, you're a queer person, you might fall outside the binary, or just actually be a non-binary person. But even right. if you're, like, I, I identify as cisgendered, but, like, that doesn't really mean anything to me in terms of norms, because, like, I still wear stuff that doesn't line up with... Uh, you know, whatever. So, um, always interesting to figure out where to go in a store, like mm-hmm. which section to even walk toward. Right. And then once you're there, how are you going to be treated? Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, maybe you could tell me actually a little bit about like why you wanted to start this line, but I'm imagining it's some similar stuff to what I'm just talking yeah. about. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, growing up, I always, you know, identify, I knew I was not born in the right body, but when I didn't know how to explain or understand it, I just knew that like I wanted to wear men's stuff. So shoes were, was something that was very challenging because clothes, you know, you can get like the baggy, sporty kind of stuff and you can kind of get away with it. But with shoes, it was very hard because traditionally men and women's shoes are always separated between what kind of last they use, which is the mold, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're always separated in terms of men's last and women's last. So they're already gendered from the get-go. There's like a, and a lot of that is like a width difference? Right, supposedly. Yeah. And, and I think we're kind of conditioned to think like men need to have big feet and women need to look like they're, they've got tiny petite feet, right? right. <laughs> and so um, as I was growing up, you know, going into stores and always being directed, like you have to go to the women's section or like, you know, you're in the wrong section. And it would be very humiliating because I was like, but I know, I know I want this, you know? Yeah. Um, or when finally, like, as I was growing older, becoming into an adult, they started to make shoes that was like, they started to see, like, oh, people don't necessarily have to only wear this kind of shoe or not. But then what happens is that they make, like, the women's version of something, and then I'll go try it on. And I'll, like, look down at my feet and think, what happened to my feet? Like, why do they all of a sudden look like they're four inches smaller? I know. You know? I call that I call that tiny pig feet. I yeah. really do. Yeah. Like, I truly do. Like, I always feel like I have little hooves. Yeah. I know the I know yeah. the moment that you're and talking about. And it's so about. weird, like, because my sizing <laughs> did not shrink that much. Uh-huh. But just visually, they, they change everything to make it look like you have smaller feet for a reason. Like, they want to, I don't know. Oh, well, they, take up less space. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly. there's yeah. a very clear messaging. It's not right. like it's confusing what that is even meant to mean or right. whatever. Right, yeah. Um, so with my shoes, I decided to kind of start over and uh, quit my job and, like, just decide, like, you know, if no one else is going to do this, I'm, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Awesome. Um, first of all, rad. I'm so into that. And uh, can I ask you can – I, can I go back a little sure. bit and ask you some follow-ups? Because you said um, that you felt as a kid that you were born in the wrong body. Mm-hmm. And um, 
you are, how do we identify? Trans identify, dude? Uh, trans masculine, but yeah. non-binary. Trans masculine, non-binary. Yeah. Got it. And I use um, the pronouns they, them. Thank you for telling me mm -hmm. that. And I also feel like, so I want to like ask some more questions about that because sure. that's not what every, like that sentence doesn't apply to everybody, right. even that identifies as trans masculine or non-binary. Like that's not necessarily a sentence that works for everybody. So how did that feel for you? Like you saying you felt like you were born in the wrong body. Like what did, what was that feeling like? I think if I had transitioned maybe earlier on, um, I probably would have felt very natural or comfortable being a trans man mm -hmm. uh, because that's how I felt for most of my life. But then when you're kind of, when you don't have the resources or like the understanding, then you kind of get forced into living this other lifestyle of like, okay, well, I'm, you're born with what you have and you have to kind of deal with it. And so that's what I did for many years. And then when I came out as gay or a lesbian, uh, then I struggled for many years to fit into the lesbian community. And so when I finally transitioned and was able to get all the surgeries and everything, uh, all my friends were incredibly supportive and was like, oh, do we start using he now? And I was like, okay, you know, because I thought that's what finally I get to, right? But then after a month of it, I realized, wait a second, like I have spent the last 30 years of my life trying to fit into being a lesbian or embracing the feminine side of who I am. And I didn't want to overnight lose that because I felt like I earned it, you know? Yeah. Like I worked so hard and I finally <laughs> fit in. And now I'm like losing this part of me, even though I appreciate everyone's support. I was like, maybe the person I've evolved into is actually very non-binary because I've been able to embrace all of the different sides of me. And I do believe that all of us have both masculine and feminine sides. But in terms of like, you know, there's sexuality, there's identity, there's sexual orientation. I mean, there's so many different layers, you know, of who we are. Um, that I think I realized that I'd never want to be, like, male, I guess, because I started to see the privileges it came with, and I didn't like it. Um, I didn't feel like I should be treated different just because now I can, you know, pass, you know? Like, so, and it's interesting. I mean, I still never can go to the bathroom without a struggle because I don't, I still don't fit in. And maybe part of that struggle is kind of like, that's okay. Like I maybe I need to struggle so that I have an opportunity to educate people every time I walk into a bathroom and I'm told I'm in the wrong bathroom, you know. So Does that happen to this day, day regardless yeah. of where you go? Yeah. Always. Always. Yeah. And um if you're forced to make a choice, what do you choose? Like I mean, assuming that it's the a bathroom? Yeah, like you the go clean one? <laughs> No, I know. I just mean like you go into a place there's a there's a men's room and a women's right. room. Like, what? Do you, which one do you choose usually? I think it depends on the place because some places— Oh, that's such a good answer. Yeah. yeah. Like, some places I feel safer going to the women's room. Yeah. And some, I, you know, feel like, oh, I can use the men's room here, you know? Yeah. And mostly maybe I'm just an opportunist. Like, which one has the shorter line mm -hmm. <laughs> kind of is the, sure. what I end up with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, of course, uh, there's a potential future where— that's a better gender-free bathrooms. <laughs> it almost like makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Even the ones where I'm sure you've seen it because they have a lot of these in LA where there's like a central sink mm -hmm. and then there's like yes a bunch of different options. Like yeah. that seems like a way to because right. then because when you talk about um, like single like uh, single occupancy, mm -hmm. I think makes a lot of sense to people in terms of like how do you make that gender-free? Like right. it's just like 
well, it's just one person in there. But then when you start talking about like multiple bathrooms, then people, I think, right. start to, their brain starts to smoke, you know, right. that they're like, yeah, yeah. how would this even look? But I mean, there are literally already bathrooms that look like that, yeah. that have like a central sink and right. then like separate stalls. Right. And that, solve, it solves right. everything already. Like totally. everything's already solved yeah. and, it, and it already does exist. So that's right. one option right. um, that we could lean towards that would like take this pressure right. off and that like really yeah. takes up the same amount of real estate, like isn't, there's no, but I still don't understand. Like, what's the difference between having one central sink area with stalls versus walking into a bathroom with multiple sink areas and multiple stalls? <laughs> like, oh, I guess I just yeah. mean versus like, like I think everybody thinks literally because we think about there being two. Mm -hmm. That's all I mean. Oh, I like see. that we already have so a they, model for right. what it looks like when there's only one. Right, right, right. That's what I mean. Not yeah, that yeah. like, not that it needs to look different, but just yeah. that like there are already bathrooms that are high occupancy that yeah. there isn't like a two doors with right, different right. No, I understand outfits. what you're saying. Yeah. I'm just saying I don't understand those people who think <laughs> that it's different. I don't know. <laughs> like it's the same, except now you have two of them. I don't know. I mean, I don't know yeah. because I, obviously, you know, I'm, you and I both know that regardless of what bathroom you go into now, you're, nobody's like checking the genitals or. Right. Ident or identity yeah. of the people around them. Like, right. like th this is already something that isn't, it's patrolled in the way that you might feel patrolled, right. but the person that's in the bathroom is already surrounded by people that they can't control. Right. Like, it's like, no, you know, right. like, right. Yeah. nobody's like sticking their head under the <laughs> right. thing and being like, show it, <laughs> right. show me, you know, like, so I don't know. Sometimes there's a big lap, a big um, gap between like what we think is happening, mm -hmm. and what's already happening. J just like when, you know, like we were fighting for marriage equality, and people were talking about like protecting kids, and and you would be like, there are qu queer kids. Right. There there are kids already that have same sex parent. Like I just right. like what. Yeah. This is an un. These this is the only kids that would be more protected would be those that are vulnerable because they're right. queer or right. whatever. Right. Yeah. Same thing. Um, I don't know. I don't have the answers to that. Yeah. Who are, I don't know. I think maybe it's just like, it's also fear. It's totally You don't know based. somebody yeah. like you. You don't know somebody like me. Right. And you it's imagine this person fear, right? yeah. and it, this person is really scary. And then you and I just have like sunglasses and we're kind of nice and everything. So yeah. I don't, I don't know. There's, yeah. there's also that big gap. Yeah. I mean, for every gender-free bathroom or every event that I've ever been to that had gender-free bathrooms, there's never been a problem. So I don't know why. Oh yeah, of course. Fear. Well, you know? just like there's actually never been an instance of a transgender person, um, harming anyone right. in a bathroom literally right. ever. Right. Literally yeah. has never happened. Right. There's no reported incident. Right. Uh, a trans person being harmed oh. in a bathroom? Right. Constantly. Constantly. Yeah. And, you know, from any anything from, like, a bad look to literally death. Right. Um, yeah. And that's what's on the one side. And then the right. other side is no no incidents right. ever. So I just mean... <laughs> yeah. But, but sometimes the truth and the reality isn't... Doesn't match yeah. up with the fear, yeah, right? Unfortunately, yeah. I'm sorry that that's your experience every day. That sounds yeah. taxing. It is. I mean, uh, my favorite, or I don't know that it's not favorite in the good sense, but it is favorite because it's so like unbelievable to me. It's like I was at Heathrow and like going walking from the airport in London. Yeah, in uh, my, whatever my gate was to the bathroom, and literally I heard someone yelling like. 
you know, sir, sir, sir. And, and I didn't realize they were talking to me, but this lady was literally chasing me down the, the hall <laughs> as I'm walking into the women's bathroom because I was like, I'm at an airport. I'm going to go to the women's room just to be safe, right? And um, so she chases me into the bathroom, and I still don't realize she's chasing me, right? I just thought something's happening. And I finally, I'm in the stall peeing, and then all of a sudden she's like at my door. It's like, sir, you're in the wrong bathroom. And I was like... No, I'm not. <laughs> like, and then I had to like change my voice just a little bit higher to make it more girly, I guess, because I all of a sudden felt so attacked, and it was so embarrassing realizing like this entire time she's been yelling at me <laughs> in public, you know, yeah, through all of this, you know, time, and um, and then when she realized, because I was like, you know, I know which bathroom I'm in, and I was like, do you want to check, <laughs> you know, yeah, and then she all of a sudden, like, got all silent and was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I was like, you don't need to be sorry. You just need to be more mindful. Like, you didn't need to, like, yell at me all the way down. Like, maybe you could have approached it a little bit less, you know, aggressive, you know? Yes. Um, and then she disappeared. Like, did not wait for me to come out to f- even right. face me. Like, so I didn't have a time, like, chance to educate her, I guess. But most of the time, I try to take the time to, like, I never get offensive or angry. I always try to take a pause, take a breath, and realize, like, maybe they're just ignorant, you know. And like, this is a learning opportunity so I can educate them. Yeah. Because next time, I'm hoping she's not going to do that again to somebody else. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, gosh. But you think London, like at an airport where like people all over the world know. come, <laughs> that she would be a little bit more exposed, you know? I mean, I guess I'm also trying to imagine like uh, if we play out the scenario a different way, mm. like what she thinks she's trying to prevent. Let's say you are like fully a man okay. and you identify as a man right. and you're fully like, I use he and I'm like, yes. and I, and I, this is how I was born. Yeah. Is, uh, you go in that bathroom. Mm-hmm. You go to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. It's a super public place. Right. It's extremely busy. Right. There's nothing that could, I mean, there's very few things that could happen. Like the only thing that could happen is that that man who realizes he's in the women's room and and is like, has like an embarrassing moment and then like tells his friends later, like, yeah, I went, I was so confused because of my, I was at an airport. Like I just got overwhelmed. I went in the wrong bathroom. Right. I just mean like it's not yeah. even clear to me. I guess I don't. What would be the um? You don't. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's like she was so fearful that yeah. she had to chase me down and right. yell yes. the entire time, right? So yes, is to it prevent, in her mind? Yeah. Like, does she think like if I go into this bathroom, I'm gonna like attack a woman? Like, right? Like, and that's why I bring yeah. up that it's it is like you know it's such a public and um, yeah. busy bath. Like right. it's not. It's also and not I'm like tiny. Yeah, you're really small, <laughs> yeah. and it's not like a. Yeah, there just isn't. It doesn't. It's like well lit. It's there's right. not like yeah. a this isn't like a <laughs> Yeah, it's not like it's so quiet that like maybe you could take advantage it's of It's like a roadside yeah. like I'm trying to imagine yeah, yeah. a series of different things right. where like maybe there's some scenario where right. you start to worry if something right. gnarly is happening yeah. but like this isn't that right. ever. You <laughs> yeah, know like right. so, yeah, so yeah. there's also that right. moment of yeah. like wow, what were you even preventing? Right. Uh, it's yeah. unclear. Yeah. Your embarrassment, I guess, your yeah. potential embarrassment, the embarrassment yeah. of that. But then, if that, that was the hypothetical case, dude, don't you think she would have quietly come in I don't and been know. like, "Hey, sir, you're in the wrong bathroom." Just so you know, <laughs> you know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think on on lines of like uh, sex or gender expression that we 
think is inappropriate. I mean, there's, I think there's a real, I think we're taught to be very fearful of that. So you're right. She could, it could have been that she thought something was going to happen. And also sometimes it's like the embarrassment would be enough. Like we we're we're cultured to feel so embarrassed if Mm. someone doesn't place us. Yeah. Because the worst thing that you could be is perceived as the opposite sex or whatever, you know? And I, I, because she ended up embarrassing me more. No, right, of course. <laughs> right? Like, so I, I don't know. I yeah. really don't understand. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. Um, well, dang it, lady. Wherever you are, <laughs> dang it. <laughs> this week's episode of Query is sponsored by Helix Sleep. There's nobody on the planet like you, so why would you buy a generic Mattress built for everyone else. Helix Sleep built a sleep quiz that takes two minutes to complete. They use answers to match your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash query and take their two-minute sleep quiz. For couples, Helix can even split the mattress down the middle. What? Providing individual support needs and feel preferences on each side. They got a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it for 100 nights risk-free. Right now, they're offering... $125 off all mattress orders. Whether you're a side sleeper, hot sleeper, you like a plush or a firm bed. By the way, I'm so hot when I sleep. I'm the hottest. I'm like a little furnace. With Helix, there's no more guessing or confusion. Get up to $125 off at helixsleep.com slash query. That's helixsleep.com slash query for $125 off your mattress order. This week's episode of Query is sponsored by She Wants It by Jill Soloway. She Wants It is a memoir of personal transformation and self-discovery, as well as a powerful call to arms to bite back at the status quo. She Wants It explores sexuality, gender, and identity with funny and poignant stories about love, loss, and family. She Wants It chronicles the creation and groundbreaking Hollywood success of Transparent while charting its creator, Jill Soloway's evolution from a straight married mother of two to someone who identifies as queer and non-binary. This dynamic, multifaceted journey reveals how Jill created a radical show that exploded the mainstream ideas about gender, all while discovering their voice as a director, show creator, and activist who awakened the struggles of an entire community fighting to have an equal voice. Friends, you've heard Jill right here on this podcast. She wants it. New memoir by Jill Soloway. Frank, insightful stories that take us inside the Me Too movement and its aftermath. She Wants It by Jill Soloway is out now everywhere books are sold. Um, when did you, when did you start this shoe line? Um, let's see. I left my job. Probably what the, were you doing? I was a producer at Google. Yeah. Oh, what does that even mean? So I produced um, online engagement programs, branded engagement programs. Uh, We did like live streams. Like basically I got to really be creative and conceptualize things that had never been done before for brands, um, utilizing Google's different uh, um, applications and platforms. Man, if only you'd ever had any experience working for a successful company prior to launching your own shoe (laughs) brand. You know what I mean? It was was my dream I just wish that you had like worked somewhere that had like a lot of money and um, (laughs) like a big reach. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think when I I left, everybody thought I was crazy Mm. um, because it was such like financial stability. Yes. Um, But to be honest, like 
while I was there, I finally got my dream job, right? And and um, I was in advertising for like almost twenty years, and um, it just they weren't. I felt like they weren't quite ready for what I wanted to do. Like I had all these skill sets that I wanted to do all these things, and um, you know when I was approached, they were gonna start this whole department in LA, and I was gonna get to hopefully lead it, and then it kind of just didn't evolve that way. Mm. And um, there were so many reorgs, and and I love that company. I would go where, back anytime. Where you, got it. Yeah, but at the time, like they just you know they gave me an opportunity, and they said you know you, we're changing things up. You can either try to create your own position or find another place that would you know suit you. And I just thought about it, and I realized, you know what? There's like a whole bucket list of things I wanted to do, and I've never done because I was such a workaholic. I've been wanting to transition forever, and now I finally have the capability to. I've been wanting to travel. And then I was like, I wanted to make shoes because I'm sick of not being able to find shoes. Um, I've always loved fashion. My mom's a huge fashionista, but um, I knew that clothing wasn't quite the direction I wanted to go because so many of my friends were doing it, and I wanted to support them. And I thought, well, I can support by making shoes, you know. Mm. So that's awesome. That's my passion too. I love shoes. So. Well, also, I would imagine um, one thing that even in like having your so like if you if you change what's going on with your chest, you can fit into mm-hmm. like men's shirts maybe that are off the rack yes. or get them tailored or whatever. But um, you're a small person. Yeah. I don't know what your shoe size is, but so I'm a woman seven and a half. I'm imagining you can't yeah. fit into most mass-produced men's oh, yeah. shoes. Oh yeah, that was which like I can't either. I'm like right on the cusp. If yeah, I was yeah. a nine, yeah. I could wear the smallest totally men's shoe, yeah. but I can't always. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, uh, so you and I are in the same boat. Yeah. Where like I actually sometimes I'll, I sometimes I can find women. There's more now for you, for your size. Yeah, not as much for me, but yeah, yeah. Sometimes I can find women's boots that mm-hmm. feel right, like that are just like the right silhouette, yeah, like yeah. you were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I can fit into a really small men's shoe. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's always like the small, it's like they have like one, right. like like company wide. Yeah, yeah. that, they, that they're like have to wait for it because they yeah, can like ship it. They have to ship <laughs> yeah. it from like the store. It's yeah, like in yeah. Philadelphia. And right. they're like, no, we've just, we just keep them all in Philadelphia. We have one of each. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I would, I would imagine that regardless of what changes you could make, this is one change you you can't make right. you can't make your you can't make yeah. your feet bigger. Although apparently some of my friends said after they've been on tea their feet grew. Interesting. And I was like, I hope that happens for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Still hasn't happened yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, um, what was your first step in in so like you had this idea, right? Ha- and but did you have any experience? No, I had no experience. I mean, I used to doodle clothing like men's clothing when I was young, but no actual fashion training. Um, but I was an art major, so I did have some creative talent, I guess. Um, That's good. Yeah. That does that seem helps. helpful. Yeah, yeah, it does help. Uh, I've always just been a very visual, creative person. and But, you know, really, like, for me, it's just, like, anything that I want to do, I just do it. So I literally, within, like, a three-, four-month span, had, like, three surgeries, packed a bag, went to Europe by myself for nine weeks, went to international shoe fairs, went to factories, talked to people who were in the industry to learn, like, one, why they don't just make shoes as shoes and not genderize them. What's the answer to that? Um, well, then what did you I learn? also asked them, you know, why don't you make men's shoes specifically in all sizes? Yes. You know, 
it would cost them really like pennies on the dollar to expand their sizing. Uh, and their response, literally, like ninety percent of the response was, "Oh yeah, we know there's this niche market, but it's not worth it." And so, like for me, it was it really felt like they were wow. saying my community was not worth it. Yeah, I was not worth it. To yes, them, right. So uh, I was kind of just like, "F, f you guys, I'm gonna make my own shoes." Then also, that's that is, I think, currently being proven out incorrectly. Oh, absolutely, because. Um, it's like a $4 billion market or something. Well, like that. and also when Red Wing mm-hmm. made the decision and some of their, some of their stuff is still like, it's like, it'll be like a traditional work boot and then right. it has like a heel on it. Yeah, and you're yeah. just like, I don't know why this has this heel, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, right. but somebody's buying that. But right. they also reproduced um, the Iron Ranger and mm-hmm. I see that on straight people yeah. and I see that on yeah, people yeah. that aren't in the LGBT community, right. you know, like. Um, well, it's a shoe. It's not. There's no orientation or gender. Uh, Right. And also our, I think our culture's um, like specific fashion Mm -hmm. is now bleeding over a little bit more than ever has been. I don't know if that's just like younger generations being more comfortable or if that's like uh, we're getting married older, gender lines are Mm -hmm. being like blurred and equity amongst the sexes like in just a slightly, I don't know what it is, but I will say that I see people walking down the street with queer haircuts right. and they're yeah. like not seemingly community members. Right. Like they're not clocking me. Right. I'm clocking them being like, oh, and then yeah. they're just like, I don't know why you're yeah, yeah. making this very specific eye contact head nod. Right. I'm like, oh, because that's the thing we're yeah, doing. Yeah, Because yeah. right. we're family. Oh, we're yeah. not family? Okay. Yeah. Well, I think that's kind of the catch-22 for me is like more and more I think queer culture is bleeding into the mainstream. Right? Yeah. But – at the same time, I'm also seeing like major corporations, major brands taking credit for designs that are inspired by our community. Sure. Even though, like, this is not a trend for us. This is like literally who we are yes. every day, right? So uh, it kind of pisses me off at the same time. And that's also why I wanted to do this show and have it be very focused on our community because I'm tired of constantly like our community not getting the credit that we so rightly deserve, you know? Uh, yes, yeah. I do know. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, all these companies are making millions and millions of dollars while we're still struggling. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and also, um, you know, there, there's also like the loss of privilege that mm-hmm. comes along with dressing how you want to dress. Right. And, um, I think when that lines up with a real, when that lines up with queerness, when it isn't just like a bleeding of culture, but it's like, no, this is who I really am. Mm. Like that, you don't get that privilege. Like, I just mean like somebody else can right. have a queer haircut or haircut that comes yeah. out of the queer community, but, but still like have everything that straight privilege or cisgendered privilege mm. allows in their life. And then there's the, the LGBT people who right. really live that life every right. day. Right. And um, like, that's, you know, that's part of what you're talking about too. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's also just so ironic because when you have somebody like in the mainstream or like a celebrity who, you know, presents themselves in, in kind of this very hip, trendy, queer way, it's so cool. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's not cool yet for us to actually be queer. That's what I'm saying. So, right, it's like, right. yeah, yeah, I, I could still yeah. get punched in the face for this. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so until, I mean, I just feel like on one hand, I feel like that's great. Like more people are becoming becoming more acceptable and like um, embracing, you know, our culture. 
But on the other hand, it's like, what are they doing with it, though? You know, are they using that as a platform to encourage other people to embrace our culture and accept who we yeah. are? Yeah, right? and, the, and the reality. I mean, I, to I think sort of an example of what you're talking about, that like where that – what that reminds me of is like when um, – and you still see it to this day, like when there's um, – like a kiss mm -hmm. written into a TV show or right. something. And like, <laughs> it's too, like, definitely they are women and like, right. definitely they have long hair. Right. And, um, like there's not like you and me aren't kissing right. on the, like right. with our short hair and right. like right. our right. like button downs, right. like, right. like we're not right. on screen. Yeah. And, um, and that feels disappointing, right. you know, because I, and by the way, like I have been on screen doing that, but mm -hmm. usually when I'm in a TV show or um, in a movie or something, I'm cast opposite somebody who is like almost making up for me, you know, uh -oh. where it's like, like, okay, we got this one, but uh -oh. like, then we also have this one, right, you know? Right, so right. like, that's, yeah. that's how they go together. Like right. there would never be two short hairs. That would be, <laughs> right. that would be crazy. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, so there's a lot of, yeah, there's representation and there's like, yeah embracing and then there's like Trying something to fill a quota yeah <laughs> yeah yeah or something you know seeming real to mm -hmm. you or, right. or to me yeah um cool so how do you so tell me like this footwear line like how many different how many different models do you have right now so the new collection is called destiny and um it's completely meant to be gender neutral, like the entire line. Like the first line was called Fortune and it was more masculine presenting because those were basically the first collection that I was like, I'm going to design all the shoes I've ever wanted to wear. Right? <laughs> and if nothing else, I have new shoes. What are, <laughs> yeah. so like, what are the Oxfords? Like what are the, yeah, what so are there's the. there's like a classic derby. There's like uh -huh. a monk boot. There's like a desert boot, you know, um, a dress boot. Like, and even then that's literally what I call them. Like yeah. it's very straightforward. Like they're exactly what they are. Right. Um, and then the new collection, this is the first one that's out. And then I have a Chelsea boot that's coming out and a, a combat boot, but I'm kind of, I'm going to call it combat hate boot. Sure. <laughs> right. So, um, and then I have a few more designs that I just released at the fashion show, which are still prototypes. So hopefully th those will come out soon too. And this time I tried to be a lot more creative because I felt like I don't want to just keep designing like everything I wanted. I want to design something that's not been done or like something that's just different that, you know, really bl blurs the line of like what shoes can be and in terms of like what identity it has. You know, I want people to be able to look at a shoe and be like, it's a shoe that I love because I love the style and it has nothing to do with my identity at all. So what markers did you try and look to like how, I mean, obviously you said, you know, you're designing for your personal taste. Mm -hmm. Um, but then like, what else, when you're talking about making something that's gender free, like, what is that? What is that? What's like that checklist for you on that shoe? Like, I know we talked um, about a little bit earlier, like the silhouette, like what would that yeah, even mean? Like a larger toe box? Yeah. Like so what is the, I redesigned the last to make it gender neutral. And elast is, it's the thing that you build a shoe around. Right, correct. So it's like a mold, right? Yeah. So, um, and basically my mold is a cross between what is a traditional men's last and a woman's last. And I kind of just blurred the two and together. And the difference between those two, like I said earlier, this is my knowledge of it. It's, it's like width. Is there, are there other mm -hmm. things that yeah, are? Yeah, proportionately, you know, men's feet are, you know, biologically wider, 
and thicker, right? Mm. Longer. But so is the sizing, right? So, like, I mean, the way I look at it is, like, you just get a bigger shoe then, right? Sure. <laughs> so. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> so my sizing, I have 14 sizes. Mm. So that's probably the largest range of sizes that I think any shoe company has. Um, and it, it is very, uh, it's a huge undertaking because it costs a lot to make molds for all of that. Right. right. And then in terms of like proportion, because it's a cross between what is traditionally feminine and masculine, I actually think that so far most of my clients say it feels better for them because traditionally women's shoes are very small and tight. Yes. And like your feet are like literally at the edge, right? Yes. And so with mine, there's always more wiggle room. There's more toe room. So there is a little bigger toe box, but it's not that like it's as big as a man's. Mm-hmm. It's just that it's a little bit extra room because that's just how I like to wear my shoes. And if you don't like that extra room, get a smaller shoe, right? Got so, it. Yeah, that's kind of like the way I do it. And then I have like a removable insole so that it gives you kind of that half size that you need. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So the 14 sizes are all um, like a like Gender an, like an eight nine, or like what are oh, where do they what is it even based in? Yeah, so I actually, lay it all yeah. lay it all out for I me. I base it off of like the the European sizes because when Perfect. I first yes. started, that's where I was. I was in Portugal, uh-huh. right? So I was really using the European size because it's just one size. There's no men or women, right. right? But if you try their shoes on when you buy shoes in Europe, it's still a 38 in a men's section is still a little bit different than a 38 in a women's section. Got it. And generally in the men's section, you're not even going to find a 38. Right. You know, so, so with me, that's why like, I just start at a 34 and I go up to a 47. So it's a, it's a lot of sizes. And right now just on the internet. Yes. Yeah, it's too you, expensive to have like a... Oh, yeah, brick and mortar, right. I mean, is there... Do you think there would ever be a reason or desire for you to I do that? I hope so, because I think shoes are something, especially when you have a new type of shoe with new type of sizing, people want to try it. It's true. And it's really hard, you know, because I have a lot of people who are like, it's an investment, you know, it's yeah. really high quality, it's handmade. Um, Where so are they made? Right now, they're made... The new ones are made in Mexico and Leon, which is like the shoe capital of the world, and it's all literally like handmade. Hand-stitched, um, Goodyear welted. I mean, mm. they're really high-quality shoes. And if you look at – if you go to, like, Nordstrom or something, a shoe in that quality normally costs, like, seven $800 minimum. And I sell it, actually, like, at half the price. Mm. You know, so. Well, the other thing that's true about if you're somebody who falls outside of what would be – so, like, fast fashion oh. or, um, you know, by which I mean, like – so – one thing that I have found helps to solve some of my issues mm-hmm. it is a little bit of investment, um, like getting a suit that's actually made to my body. Right. Um, I get my shirts fixed in the collar to mm-hmm. make them smaller because, right. like, my chest is larger than – I like to wear men's shirts. My chest is – I need to wear a larger size to accommodate my chest. Right. And then I – and then it looks really big in the neck. Right. So there's – there are th- – decisions that I can make and I'm at a certain income level where I can absorb some of that. So it's not like I get a new suit every week or whatever, but I, but I can afford to invest in something like that. And so what you're saying also makes 
a ton of sense to me. Like yeah. that's what I would choose to do. That's what I already choose to right. do is like invest in something that I know is going to last, but also something that I know makes me feel good. Right. And then, you know, and you're supporting like small businesses and like queer businesses. Some more, so, well, I love to spend my dollars yeah. on the community. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Um, yes. So that's another benefit of, you know, buying something from you. And then I also just think, I mean, it is worth noting that there's like a tax then levied on our, um, mm. you know, being ourselves. Yeah. And that, that kind of sucks. Like yeah. I, I'm like so happy that you figured out how to make that what sounds like pretty affordable for my income yeah. bracket. And then like, right. it also feels important to just like you and I talking and go like, man, I wish that this, you know, wasn't something that we had to. Yeah absorb right. as a community so much totally yeah and that's why you know I always tell people I know like when I started making you know my shoes it was really hard because it was, I felt like I was in this conundrum right like I was like I know a lot of people in our community can't afford this I'm like I can't even afford my shoes yeah right? yeah of course right <laughs> but I also know a lot of people who can yes and so I constantly try to you know encourage people and I want to inspire them like and I want to tell them what to think I want to inspire them to think like if I support these small queer businesses and they become successful, then they can start making more quantity, have That's larger right. productions that lower their costs, which then means the rest of the community can afford it, right? Yes. And I say the same thing to our allies, like support the queer businesses, right? Don't support the big as corporations with billions of dollars who decided we're, we're not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, well, the other no. thing that you're talking about it, that's also true and worth mentioning is that for a company like yours, for a business like yours, the cost at the beginning it's, is going to be very different yeah. than your cost in a year, two years, yeah. five years, ten years. Because you're also paying for, like, all the research that yeah. you did. You're paying for the relationships. Yeah. You're paying for, yeah, the prototyping. Yeah. And then also, like, the creation of those, like, lasts that oh, then God, yeah. it's not like you have to recreate those constantly. Yeah. Yeah. So Well, um, yeah, every time you change a shoe shape. You have to build all new ones. Right. You have yeah. to do that. But yeah. I, what I mean is even just the research. Like it's yeah. like you will there – will, there will be some costs that continue and right. there will be some costs right. that are one-time costs exactly. and those all happen at the front. So right. when we're also talking about queer businesses, um, you know, always it's something that like – if you're starting a queer coffee shop, the build-out at the right. beginning has to be absorbed. Right. So we also – as a community, it's like – Absorbing those costs at the front right. really matters. Right. Yeah. So that so that it so that things can be cheaper down the line yeah. for and all of us. And also, people they don't realize like the, when when we start these businesses is like these big companies they literally would just spend a little bit of an investment to expand versus like we are literally taking our life savings mm -hmm. right everything we have saved like everything I've saved in the last twenty years to do this right. And and that is something I think people should be mindful of, of why, like, and also supporting, like, quality, sustainable, like, fashion versus fast fashion, which mm -hmm. I think is such a waste, you know, like, that's why the things I design, it's meant to be timeless, like, you can wear it anytime, you know. And fast fashion is, like, just, like, a buzz phrase that, like, I know, but I guess we should talk about oh. what that actually means for people that are listening. But yeah. that's, like, um, you know, stuff that's my understanding it's like stuff off the rack that's going to work right now but right. that's like not made right. in a way that it's going to last for a long right. time it's probably going to go in a landfill right. as opposed to back in the closet exactly. and um and it's and it's cheap because mm -hmm. the like labor put exactly. in yeah. and the materials, and the materials yeah. uh -huh. are so you're yeah. like um 
setting up this dynamic that we're very good at in the U.S. uh, of creating things that are uh, meant to kind of... And we're conditioned, you know, with our society and and media, like, to be like, oh, this is in style now, and and then it's like, oh, no, now there's this other thing that's in style. Mm -hmm. Same thing with our phones. Like, every every year people are getting new phones that cost $1,000. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous to me. It is ridiculous. Think about all that trash. Like, technology trash is the worst trash we can have. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we've got a lot of that. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's true. Mm-hmm. Also, I mean, the the functionality isn't, is deliberately not meant to. Right. Yeah. Can, like, the biz, the companies are deliberately yeah. not building it. It's really fucked up. <laughs> yeah, they're deliberately not building phones yeah. and not updating. Right. And, the like, the new iOS right. isn't supposed to work. Right. With the last phone, because right. it's supposed to phase that phone out for exactly. you. Yeah. Um, and batteries. I mean, yeah. the technology for batteries actually exists that they should last like a lifetime. <laughs> but yet somehow my phone cannot last even a day. Right. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> right, 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 right. So. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So what we're doing is preventing waste in the right. landfill. Exactly. Supporting queer <laughs> queer. Uh, Creators, queer business owners, mm-hmm. supporting folks who actually see us. Mm-hmm. You're you're a one stop shop for all of these <laughs> for for fixing all of society's ills. <laughs> well, I mean, I like to practice what I preach. Like I was thinking to myself on my way here when I was driving, I was like, oh, I actually am literally wearing all queer brands right now. Like I've got Dapper Boy jeans, Shrep suiting shirt. I even got Tomboy X underwear. On. Yeah, 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 <laughs> rad. So I'm like, oh. And you are, you're wearing a harness. Where is yeah. that from? Like Me, it's like a. I designed this. Oh, yeah. rad! Can, so everything can, I do is a, has that thing. Yeah. yeah. For gender equality. Yes. So. Awesome. Yeah. Can I see the back of that? Yeah. Like, can you sure. just spin around? Sure. Oh yeah. 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 So yeah. what is what is that called on your uh, on I your site? I call it site? a utility holster, mm-hmm. and it's gender free because I, you know, again everything I design is gender free. And what I love about this is that. When I was trying to find a holster when I was traveling, everyone told me, oh, you're going to get pickpocketed. Mm. So I wanted to protect myself, right? And so I, I went in search of a holster that I could wear that was not, like, super froofy and, like, Burning Man style or, like, sure. super motorcycle like, you know, manly style. Um, and I couldn't find it. Uh, and then what I could find that was very plain, I had to, like, get a tailor to readjust it, you know, um, and so I decided to design something that's fully adjustable so that you could be like four feet tall or seven feet tall. I'm seeing it. that now. Yeah. Got it. Because yeah. there's like the... The little holes, yeah. All so the holes all, and the... I had to import these screws from Canada because they were very hard to find. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then there's like two little like um, yeah. like so, wallets or bags right. almost. That... Yeah, this one is the dual one. Mm-hmm. So it has two. And then I have one that you just, just doesn't have this one. And then wow. it's just one. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So like like a like a but it's small. It's I don't know that I've ever seen anything that's like quite that small. Yeah. But that's also that big. It's right. both things. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, right. it's a middle size. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Because I wanted to like carry enough things. Yeah. I mean, I've certainly a seen lot a lot of those. Yeah. But yeah. that's a very interesting size. Like, it's, like, yeah, yeah. right in the middle. Yeah. Great job. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Except it doesn't fit all the phones now because the phones are getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's impossible to. Yeah. So like, sorry, was... pants. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you also can't. Yeah. Okay. So I think maybe I might design, like, additional one that's, like, a bigger mm-hmm. one that's for, mm-hmm. like, phones. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like, I know, I don't I don't want, like, a big thing, you know, on me all the time. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, 
Awesome. So folks that want to buy your stuff, mm. give me just give me the info right now. Um, thinking we on my website, yeah. nickkacy.com, N-I-K-K-A-C-Y.com. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Nick with Instagram. no C K- and Casey with a K. Yeah, Correct. Nick Casey. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Instagram, Nick Casey Footwear. Yeah, I looked at your stuff. It's really yeah. beautiful. Thank and you. I'm so glad to like see those shoes in person. Thank those you. are really cool. Yeah. And I'm like, absolutely want to wear this stuff. So we will talk <laughs> yeah. about that. But just, I think another thing that's just like striking me talking to you is um, your confidence and like ability to, you know, see a problem and strike out and yeah. think that you should be the one to solve that. I relate to that. I have this mm. confidence in me. Yeah. Uh, why, do you know where that's from in you? Why um, you think you can do that? I think my mom told me once is that like I'm fearless mm. and I think it's a fearlessness of failing. Mm. And because I think failing is just another learning experience that makes you better, right? So um, I think being an immigrant, being bullied as a kid and not learn, not knowing the language when I first, like, I've had a lot of struggles. And I think... You were an immigrant. Yeah. What age? I moved to New York when I was seven from Hong Kong. Mm. And I remember being pushed around in the bathroom, being made fun of, called chink and all these things. And that was New York, too. Like, so it wasn't like I was the only Asian. Right. right. Yeah. But because I didn't speak the language and because I you know, came from nowhere type of thing. Um, so, and I was an only child. So it was really rough growing up. And I think being able to survive that and making a decision that, you know, when I was in college, like after, you know, trying to harm myself a few times, like when you make the decision to like live and exist, then I think you literally lose the fear of living and existing. And you mm. decide that, like, if I'm going to live, I'm going to make it really fucking worth it, right? Oh, man. Yeah. You're awesome. I like you. <laughs> yeah, I like all like, the things yeah. that you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I truth. think, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, but I just think I'm imagining, I have so much compassion for little you, yeah. imagining that little person out there, like, like, uh, yeah. that person feels othered in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I felt like a, like the what the triple threat of minority. Uh huh. <laughs> it sounds like it. Yeah, yeah that's a yeah. lot of things. Yeah. I don't know. I maybe yeah. even can think of four. I can yeah. think of a lot of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of different yeah. types of othering. And coming out so many times in so many ways. So many yeah. different coming out. <laughs> yeah. But it's good. Well, because, first you had to learn yeah. the language, right. and then you're like, yeah, you know yeah. that. So there's, yeah. I mean, God, there's a lot of. That's mm-hmm. a lot. And don't get me wrong, like. You know, as a kid, there was a point where I I had I became a bully in order to survive. Uh, and I remember, like, you know, looking back at some point in my life and thinking, like, like what a horrible th- predicament as a child to feel cornered to the point where you become the bully in order to be able to exist safely, mm. you know? And I think that happens a lot, you know? That's why I even made a video um, a few years ago what, during that whole It Gets Better campaign. And I made my own, like, it gets better type of thing. Um, and I realized so many people shared the same story, you know, where some of them had to be a bully in order to exist. How did you get to the other side of that? Uh, it was short-lived. Um, I think uh, our family, we had a home invasion. So wow, literally, like, had a machete knife and gun to my head. I still have a scar on my neck Wait, from it. Wait, when is that? I life. was in um, sixth or seventh grade in New York. Yeah. So you're in New York. Yeah, and it was like Still a beautiful pretty. Sunday morning. 
somebody said they had a delivery for my uncle. And wow. I went to open, my grandma was like, go open the door. It was just my grandparents and a baby and me. Thank God my mom wasn't home, you know. Um, so I opened the door and, you know, I just remember the moment I opened the door and I saw him look back and forth. And I knew as his hand slid into the box of supposed refrigerator box. And then I saw this huge machete knife come out and I was just like, fuck, <laughs> you know, why, you know. Um, and... And I think being a victim to that level made me realize what it feels like. Because even being bullied, I think I was always very strong-headed, you know. And it, even though it hurt and I would cry on the inside or I would run away type of thing, it never, it never made me feel like um, it's the end of the world type of thing, you know. It just made me, like, want to be tougher, which mm. that's why I became the bully, right? Um, so... But being that kind of victim where you feel completely useless, like, you know, powerless, um, made me realize, like, I never want to be that person that makes somebody else feel like a victim, you know? Wow. Yeah, and I remember after, shortly after that, um, my stepdad, who was not even my stepdad yet at the time, uh, helped pay for me to go to a, a private school in New Jersey so I could get, like, a safer, better education. Um, and I remember like breaking up fights in the yard and like being just like a total turnaround of like wanting to live. Um, it was a Catholic school too, so I, I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but it inspired me to kind of be somebody who was more of a peacemaker, you know? Hmm. So. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot of, <laughs> that's a lot to absorb as a kid. Yeah. You absorbed a lot of different things, huh? Yeah. yeah. Which is why now I think I live a different life where every day I get younger <laughs> you know? like I feel like I'm always living out my childhood now oh you sure know? yeah yeah so. wow that's all that's all really what a success story you are yeah thank you yeah, yeah. thank you I mean I really mean that like thank for you. somebody to um have all those obstacles and um to to figure out who you are at all and, and I mean like in every way I don't even mean I just mean to get it together. It's amazing any of us can. Yeah. I think a lot of times it's just putting your mind to it and just deciding, you know? You have to just decide to either get up, wake up, do something with your life or mm -hmm. or not, you know? Mm -hmm. so. I really hope that this is a super successful venture for you. Thank you. Yeah, Thank I'm... You. Appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I'm like real invested in uh, in what you're in all the things that you're talking about, and Thank I you. and I can see the need, and I'm so glad that you, that you see the need and had the desire to yeah. to fill it. That's rad. Yeah, and I'm certainly not the only one. I mean, there's so many yeah amazing like friends of mine who are doing amazing amazing things, and they're all inspirational to me. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. I'm so glad that I get to be on this journey with them all together. You know. Can you tell me who made your pants again? Tell Dapper me that. Boy. I don't know that. You That's don't know the only Dapper company boy? I don't know ah. that you're wearing. Yeah. That's the only company I don't yeah. know that you're wearing. You got to yeah. check them out. Dapper Boy is amazing. So they they decided to fill the jean gap. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really hard for us to find pants, right? Yep. And so uh, they, I mean, Vicky and Sharice are a married, beautiful couple with their new babies. And um, they're located in San Diego. Awesome. And they actually also showed at my fashion show on Friday. Um, 
because I wanted to keep it like SoCal. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they now just came out with shirts. Oh, great. A hoodie. They got joggers now. I'm going to check it out. Dapper boy. Yeah, got it. Swim trunks, maybe. Yeah. Well, it is cool to just be like art, like this. Podcast is also usually sponsored by Tom Poyax. It's like so uh, rad to just be able well, to. Fran's amazing. Yeah, yeah, like it's also just like you have enough. Mm-hmm. Like the underwear is helping the podcast. That's helping the shoes. Like right. I just mean like the that's other. what I'm trying to do yeah. is to like create some more webbing mm-hmm. for for everybody that because I know there are so many listeners. You know, I travel the country as a stand up comic, mm-hmm. and like I meet people all the time that live in places where um, they maybe don't have right a ton of resources locally, or even just like Google, you might know them. You yeah, might have yeah. worked there. <laughs> what company? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is, um, is limited by like what you can p- figure out to put into a right. search engine. Like right. if you don't even know to search for right. like gender free shoes, you right. know, like then it's very hard to then get a result. Correct. So I just think yeah. it's also sometimes like we think we live in this world where everything's presented to us all the time, but we don't like right. the number of things that like pop up yeah. to the top of a Google Searcher like yeah. you know they're they're optimized to be there. There's a right. there's a huge. Um, they're spending a lot of money. They're spending a lot of money to be in front of your eyeballs, yeah. and um, especially for folks in the LGBT family, sometimes you, you do need to do like a like a good old fashioned mouth to mouth. Yep. You know, word of mouth, <laughs> yeah. mouth to mouth is not the thing. That's where you're <laughs> saving someone's life. A good old fashioned <laughs> word of mouth, um, and uh, and that's like what this podcast is trying to yeah. do. So I that's amazing. Yeah. yeah, I think it's I think it's great. I hope I hope a lot of folks. Um, Cause I also hear from a lot of folks that are like getting married or like mm-hmm. working on those like um, special occasion things. Yeah. And it, there isn't, there isn't some like um, here's the 30 companies right. or whatever that like, that are all organized in one way. Right. And let's, let's yeah. figure out here's what you get, where you get your shoes. Here's where you get your shirts. Right, here's right, where you right. get your ties and stuff. And yeah. um, so you have to do a lot of the research mm-hmm. on your own. I do have a plug though. Let me hear it. On this. Yeah. Uh, I happen to be on the board of the, LA LGBT Chamber of Commerce. Mm. And that's actually a really great resource since you're talking about yeah. that is like if people want to support queer businesses, they can go to the website. I think it's LAGLCC.org. And like they can just look up all the different categories of queer business. Owners. Awesome. Yeah. Yes. That's it's a great plug. Way. Yeah. 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 A, thank you. Yeah. Well, Nick, before I send you back out into your day, I just wanted to ask if there's somebody that you wanted to shout out, or it could be like a brand or it could be a a thing Mm -hmm. that made you feel confident being the person that you are today. It's a Queero. Shout out to Queero. Queero. Well, I guess I have so many. It's really hard to pick just one. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to go with Madden, who I think you have already interviewed. Love Madden. Does my hair. Oh, Madden does your yeah. hair. We got great hair. Yeah, thank you. Madden Lopez uh, yeah. is great. And they're on their tour right now across the country, so I just want to give them a shout out for being amazing and, and doing what they do that makes such a positive impact for someone who needed it. Yeah, Madden um, has an organization called Project Q, yes. and um, they give haircuts to gender nonconforming individuals who like really need to yeah. match Trans up. as well, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, yes, yeah. and who need to like – present in the world um, the way that that they want to. And I have posted about their organization before, and I I personally donate. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's interesting because I have had – and I'm like 99% sure this was like a straight person, (laughs) Um, like a straight (laughs) cis person that was like, I can't believe you're posting about like a haircuts organization. Like is this really the way that we need to spend our money? 
And what? so I had to do a little bit of educating and be yeah. like, you know, this is actually like a means of, um, this is a safety issue and this right. is a means of violence reduction yeah. because when, when you're in a marginalized group and you can't give the world your best self, mm-hmm. like you are more of a target. Yeah. And, um, and turns out not everyone has the moolah or right. the wherewithal or the everything to get to yeah. a salon or all the access, time. Yeah. Access. Yeah. And also they're cutting free free haircuts for homeless queer youth. That's what I mean. <laughs> How yeah. can you not want to support them? <laughs> well, because I, I just think it's like, again, to even understand what we're talking about, mm-hmm. like what I love so much about you and I talking about this is that I'm bought into the ideas that you're saying because that's my lived right. experience. Right. There's no part of me that's like, I don't understand why you would need to have right. a neutral shoe. Right. Like I, I'm with you. Yeah. And I think that's something that, um, you know, we don't always talk about like how awesome that is right. in community. Right. Well, like, that's it's why important I, to try to convince people yeah. who are out of the community about the, right. but it's so nice to sometimes be able to relax totally. and you yeah. don't have to, you don't have to convince me True. and I don't have to yeah. convince you. But I'm also kind of tired of preaching to the choir, you know, like sure. I want, that's why, like, for Equality Fashion Week, it was about bringing mainstream audiences and yeah. press because those are the people with the platform to actually get the word out about our community. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, for every queer fashion show we've done, mm-hmm. it's, like, constantly just, like, having all of our chosen family there, yeah. right? So it's like, okay, it doesn't actually help us as much as if we could get the rest of the world to see what we do and what we're about. Sure. You know, so. Yeah, I mean, you're totally right. I guess I don't think about it so much. Like, like there's maybe two things going on. One is keep on going out and, like, banging down doors and stuff. So it's not so much que- preaching to the choir that would be on the other side of that, mm-hmm. but taking solace. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I've got your back, you yeah, got my totally, back, yeah. and then we can turn around and face True. outward. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Um, but anyway, Madden, what's up? I hope that yes. that trip is going really well, yes. and we're thinking of you. Yeah. And yeah. they were so amazing that after my show, they texted me to check in on me to see how it was, even though I was like, you're the one driving across country, yeah. probably through areas that I would be completely So there you go. Be. That's exactly yeah. what yeah. I mean. So it's like they're just amazing. Yeah. Getting each other, getting mm-hmm. each other's back. Yeah. Well, Nick, thank you so much. Thank you for having and, me. Uh, such a pleasant uh, talk with you. Yeah. You. Yeah. My pleasure. Yeah. This week's episode of Query is sponsored by She Wants It, the new memoir by Jill Soloway. In She Wants It, Jill Soloway recounts the relationships and moments in their life that have defined them, led them to explore sexuality, gender, and identity, and inspired their Hollywood success story and the creation of of Transparent. She Wants It is a funny, poignant, and radical rallying cry to decimate the old systems and topple the patriarchy. She Wants It by Jill Soloway is out now everywhere books are sold. Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nuts. <laughs> 
Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.